Okay, thank you everybody for coming back. Um, this week we're continuing with the topic of the Seder Halayla, or the order of the uh, <clears throat> evening uh, prayers that one does on his bed. Last week we spoke about Kriyat Shema uh, yeah, as as and we spoke about the... We spoke about the chiyuv and the source for Kriyat Malamita, where it comes from, in the Gemara, and we spoke about how many parshiot um, one should say, and multiple minhagim um, uh, associated with Kriyat Malamita. We spoke a little bit about the vidui, about Harini Mochel V'Soleach, and things like that. We're going to try to finish off um, Kriyat Shema tonight, because there's a lot of text in Kriyat Shema If you open a Sidur, there's sometimes three, four, five pages worth of stuff to cover right. in the Kriyat Shema um, And besides the halachot of whether or not you should say it, should you say it with Shema Malchut, should women say it, what order should you say it in, um, what if you forgot to say it, all of those things, the halachas, you know, there's a lot of halacha on Kriyat Shmalamita, and there's a lot of text, but we're going to try to cover the basics just so we can get an overall sense of where it comes from and what we should say. So as we mentioned last week, the original core um, parts of Kriyat Shmalamita included the first parish of, you know, Shema Yisrael, Shema Kinesh, Shema Chad, Baruch Shem, Ve'ahavta. They would say the Barachav Hamapil, and that was basically it. Some would add Biatchav Kidruchi. This was the original core selection, the core uh, part of Kriyat Shema until this and until this day that is true, that is the bare minimum of what everyone should say. Over the generations, more and more and more was added to the Kriyat Shema until it became a very, very long uh, seder of things to say, particularly since the, the Arizal, there has been a lot of addition and a lot of uh, extra things put into this section of the Sidur. I also suspect that the printed Sidor um, contributed greatly because if you look at the manuscripts, as, as far as I could find, few, if any, manuscripts did include um, all written Sidurim. Few, if any, of them really uh, included Kriyat Shemalita. And I, I suspect because if they did put it in there, it was basically a little bit of text. Like they probably just wrote, okay, now you say Kriyat Shemalita, they perhaps wrote Hamapil out. But I could not find for the life of mine in quite a few manuscripts uh, the, the Sidurim actually writing out Hamapil or writing out Kriyat So most of the Nuschaot we have are from Sfarim of Halacha, at least the ones that I'm familiar with. So that's the one we're going to start tonight with the Gemara itself and the Nusach of the Gemara as it is in, the, in Tamul Bavli. And we're going to see exactly where this all comes from. So let me share my screen with you. This is the famous Gemara in Brachot Daf Samach Amud Bet. Uh, here we go. The Gemara starts up here. <clears throat> a person who is uh, going to sleep on his bed, he should first say, Shema Yisrael ad v'hayam shamoa. He should say, from Shema Yisrael until v'hayam shamoa. So most Rishonim understand that to mean just the first parasha. Ve'omer, and then he says the following bracha. Baruch hamapil chevle shena al enai utnuma alafa pai. Blessed is he who... Uh, allows sleep to fall, that allows the pangs of sleep to fall on my eyes, and dozing, or the, the, the amount of rest, to fall on my eyelids. 
if you want to actually pull out the art scroll because they probably have a better translation than that. My English isn't, uh, we're going to get to actually what Hevle means in a minute, but uh, I cannot usually compete with the art scroll uh, translation. Uh, let's see if I find it on in time. Uh, here we go. Bless who casts the bonds of sleep upon our eyes and slumber upon our eyelids. Much more poetic than, than my rendering. All right. So, umeir li'ishon bat ayin, and who illuminates the pupil of the eye. Fine. Yihir atzon l'fanecha, Hashem elokai. And if you look in some of the um, <clears throat> other early versions, it's Hashem elokai velokei avotai. Shetashkiveni l'shalom, he shall lie me down peacefully. V'ten chalki v'toratecha. And he shall uh, grant me a, a portion of his Torah. V'targileni l'yidei mitzvah. And he should habituate me to mitzvot and not to averot. And he shouldn't bring me to sin or to trial and tribulations. And, and not to um, disgrace. Period. So this section here is very familiar to all of you, probably from Hamavir Chavle Shina. Right in the morning, we say Yiratzon uh, in the morning after Hamavir Chavleshina, which has very similar language to this. And they should not confound me. Uh, bad, bad dreams shouldn't confound me. And also evil thoughts. And allow my bed to be wholesome before you. Uh, I'm sorry if I skipped down a line. And illuminate my eyes, lest. I, I feel a, a portion of the sleeping death, so to speak. In other words, lest I uh, die in my sleep, to, to put it bluntly. And if, is that how our school will say? Lest I die in sleep, yeah. That's the way they even put it as well. Who enlightens the entire world in his glory. This is the language of the Gemara. Immediately after, the Gemara says, When a person wakes up, okay, so he goes to sleep with that bracha. When he wakes up, he says, Right, so immediately after the Gemara continues with So two notes about this Gemara. First of all, the most obvious one is that there's a base here. This base connotes the Gra. And the Gra here says that this entire part of Etein Chalki, right, where it stops, it says, Etein Chalki this is not part of the original Vilna Shas. This is not part of the original Talmud Bavli. This was added in, added in by Rav Amram Gaon, but the but one of the uh, middle Gaonim. However, the original Nusach did not contain this entire part. Uh, maybe even a little further, I should say, probably all the way until here, until the Al Yaviluni Chalamot Ra'im. This was a later edition, and because you had scribes or copyists who thought they knew better, they would basically see a text and be like, wait. How could the Gemara say that this is the bracha? Look at my sitter. My sitter doesn't say that. It must be the Gemara's wrong, and I have to fix it. So the copyists generally made our lives uh, more difficult, and they added in this edition of Amram Gaon, but this does not belong properly in the Gemara. That's what the Gra says. Now, how does the Gra know this? So the Gra knows this from the Tor, and the Tor is in Reish Lametet. So... Besides for the manuscripts of Amram Gaon that we have today, which attest to this, the Torah himself brings uh, the language of Hamapil, 
And he says which part of it Rav Amram Gohan himself added in. So it, let me just read for you the way, the way he says it. He says, a person says, Much, much shorter. And then he says, Rav Amram Gon added, and adds that whole middle section of Hamapil, which you will find more in the Sephardi, the modern, ver- the modern Sephardic version, but you won't find in the Ashkenaz version. So this edition of Rav Amram Gaon, you will find more in the uh, Sephardi Sidurim more often than you will find in the, or more of it, you'll find in the, in the Sephardi Sidurim today than you will find in the Ashkenaz Sidurim. So, Rav Amram Gaon, apparently, I'm looking here at the Torah, right? So let's, uh, let's just look back at this. According to Rav Amram Gaon, well, if we, if we read the Gemara simply, and we don't have this entire part of it, what would I think? I would think that the Gemara says that first you say, and then when you wake up, you say, Apparently, according to the simple reading of the Gemara, those two brachot are counterparts. The first bracha is a bracha for going to sleep, and then there's a counter bracha, a bracha which is linked to it, of which is a, a praise for waking up. So it would seem that those two brachot reflect one another. That's the simple uh, way of understanding it. But from Rav Haigaon adding the, this section, it would sound like, and this is not a definite, this is just conjecture, that he is trying to say that this bracha is a direct counterpart to the bracha in the morning, which we say, or if you're Ashkenaz, right? He's trying to say that these two brachot are counterparts and not these two brachot, and Hamapil. So we could say, we could have a middle ground, and we could say that, okay, True, Hamapil and Hamavir Chavleshina are very similar brachot. They might be brother brachot. However, Elokai Neshama and, and Hamapil are smuchim. We spoke about in the fight, I think it was the sixth shiur, we spoke about this idea that when we wake up in the morning, originally the halacha was that you would immediately say Elokai Neshama Shinatatabi, right? Just like the Gemara says. However, people were afraid that, uh, it says it here, Right, just immediately when you wake up. However, people were afraid that when they woke up in the morning, their hands wouldn't be clean, and they would therefore not be able to start their start speaking with Hashem's name. And instead, they they invented moda ani as a as a replacement. But why doesn't Elokai Neshama start with Shem with Baruch Ata Hashem? So the Rishonim, some of them suggest, because it's samuch, it's connected to Hamapil. So we could say that it's connected to Hamapil as a samuch, that it's just smucha lechaverta, but not necessarily that it's the counterpart or the direct, uh, the direct opposite of uh, Hamapil. But these two brachot are clearly very similar in language, and they're very similar uh, in structure, because it starts Baruch HaTashem, it has a Yihiratzon in the middle, and then it ends Baruch HaTashem. It would seem that they are very uh, similar in nature, those two brachot. Now, if you look at Rav Sidur or Rav Satya Gaon, he says something which is very amazing. I hope I could pull this up. Um, I think I have it out. It's page Pezayin in the Sidur of Satya Gaon. So I don't have it open, so I'll just, I'll just have to open it now. Rav Satya Gaon doesn't, in, in the... 
In some manuscripts of the Seder of Sadia Gaon, apparently there are claims that in the Seder of Sadia Gaon there was the bracha of Elokai Nishama. But in our current version of the Seder of Sadia Gaon, meaning the most recent one made by the Mekitsa and Redamim Foundation uh, maybe 80 years ago, which is to date the best one made, the best version of Siddur of Sadigon, we don't have the Brachab Shama whatsoever. If you look at what he says, Rav Sadigon contradicts the Talmud Bavli, which is very surprising. And he says, let me just show you here, he has a list of the Brachot Hamu'ura'ot, right? The Brachot which, the Brachot which should be said upon things that occur. Right, he puts all of these brachot in uh, a special category. Uh, how could I share my screen? I'm sorry. Page Pezayin in the Seder of Sadia. If you have Hebrew books, you could find it. Um, here we go. Right, so says, V'asug ha-shlishi, says Sadia Gaon, is Han ha-pihulot. The third type, he's in the middle of discussing different types of brachot, are the types of, which are in actions. Right? B'sha'at ha-shena, when a person is going to sleep, he should say, Right, we'll discuss the skirsa in a second. And then he says, and when a person wakes up, he should say, It's with a Baruch Hashem at the beginning. It sounds like if Sadiagon doesn't hold like the Bavli, and he doesn't hold that when you wake up, you say, from a cursory reading of it. It sounds like, according to him, you say, you say, and then you. Um, when you wake up, you say, which sounds explicitly like these brachot are direct counterparts, one to the other. Now, it's interesting that the Arizal himself actually says that uh, the, by, by he says, all the kavanot I told you to have by hamapil, just reverse it, the exact opposite, have those kavanot for, for hamavir because he spends a lot of time on, on hamapil, but not, not as much time on hamavir He says, all the kavanot I, I told you by hamapil just reverse those kavanot and have them for, uh, for hamavir, for hamavir. Okay, so many different, uh, there's many different, what's the word, theories as to how these brachot are related, we could speculate all we want, but one thing is very clear. And as you're looking in front of you right here, as you could see in the time of the Geonim, the Nusach of Hamapil, although its topic was, was so, so to speak, set already, what we can see from the Siddur of Sadia Gaon, and this, this Nusach is also found, curiously, in some of the, in some of the uh, Siddurim of, of the, the, of the um, Ashkenazim, is that the girsa had not yet been finalized. So, Rav Amram Gaon has the familiar Hamapir But if you look here at Rav Sadi Gaon, his version is And he shall dawn the, the sleep of the slumber and he shall uh, illuminate the, the pupil of the eye. And he shall arise me from my bed in good life and peacefully. This is the, the version of 
and re- re- just notice Michvodo instead of Bichvodo, which is the Sephardi version today, uh, and even the Ashkenaz version today. So we could see already that in the time of the Geonim, there was not a a uh, a set girsa which was as similar to the one we have today. Now, in the if you look in the there's a the tour obviously brought the, the version of Seder of Amram. Anyone who's curious could look at that. Also, the Goldschmidt edition has it more specifically. But it, it, it's clear, if you, if you look at the Iyu and Tefillah, he brings all the different versions that he could find of it. He brings the Machsor he brings the Rekeach, he brings the Bahag, the Diktuhe Sofrim. Um, there's even a version, if you want to laugh, there's a version, which is a very specific version of Hamapil, which we don't find in many places, but this is a version in the Behag, and I'll just read it out to you from here. He says, the, let's, the, the Rekeach and Behag are the same. Hamapil Chevle Shena Al Ha'adam, the God who, who uh, you know, rests sleep on mankind, Ume'ir Lishon Bat Ayin. And then the rest of it is actually pretty similar, but it ends, Hame'ir Lo Lam, it ends simply, Hamachzir le'olam kivodo. Hamachazir le'olam kivodo. Who returns his glory to the world. That's a very interesting difference in that Nusach. But it's clear, if that's, if that's the Rokach and the, the Nusach similarly in the Bahag, it's clear that in the time of the Geonim, there was a lot of variation as to what the, the Gersa was for this Bracha, and many different communities had different Minhagim. So what exactly happened? How did all of these different versions eventually settle? So it's actually a mystery because it's very difficult to track uh, this bracha in real uh, sidurim or real manuscripts because there are so few of them, if any. We don't really have many sidurim that have the bracha of Hamapil in it. Our best resources are the Sfarim of the Poskim. And if you look in the best versions we have, you'll actually find a lot of contradictions today to the versions that they had about 100 and 150 years ago. Like the Frankel Rambam today has the version which is much more similar to Rav Amram Gaon. And if, and if you look at the, um, if I believe he brings the Orchot Chaim and he brings the Machsor Vitri and he brings all these different versions which are actually dissimilar from how we have them today. The, even Rav Sadia, I think he brings... He brings the Ramram completely differently. It's actually very funny. So technically, the versions we have today, if we rely on them being better than the versions they had 150 years ago, it was a mess. And what's most likely is that it was transmitted orally most of the time, and the most popular ones, ever since the printing press uh, came, uh, came out, the most popular ones survived. So it would seem that most of the popularity of the versions of Hamapil was due to the printing press rather than to local minhag. I, I don't see a way that the local minhag could have affected the Brachav Hamapil as much as the printing press did, simply because the printing press has made such mistakes as to what the correct Nusach is that I, I can't, I, I don't have enough data to tell you that anything besides the printing press is responsible for the current minhagim. If it was the post scheme, I would say, yeah, great. But the only, the only, um, the only girsa which seems to have survived is the one that the tour brings, 
and my suspicion is that most Sidurim followed the tour, and Ashkenazim did not include all the editions of Avramram, and the rest did. Because the tour, most people have the correct gear south in the tour. That's the best theory I can muster, but um, otherwise, I do not know why the Ashkenaz Minhag ended up so different than it used to be, uh, which was more similar to uh, Sadia Gaon, and why the Sfaradi one ended up more like a Ram Ram Gaon. It's a mystery to me, and I don't, I don't actually have any concrete answers for how it developed, because I just don't have enough data. So we will, maybe one day we'll come back to it, maybe I can, I'll find more next time, but it was very hard to find uh, sources from, if sources from hundreds of years ago that could prove to us what people actually said. Again, as we mentioned last week, it's a bedtime prayer, so uh, you're not really going to know exactly what people said and how they said it. All right, so let's just discuss for a minute, a minute the language of the bracha. The language of Hamapil Chavlei Shina comes from the Pasuk in Mishlei, Altiten Shina Utnuma Lafapecha, right? Don't put, give uh, sleep to your eyes nor slumber to your eyelids. That's where the language is borrowed from. It's also borrowed from right? So we know that Nima is to doze and to Shena is a real sleep. That's where the Lashon is borrowed from. Chevle Shena, right? Bonds of sleep. The Sfaradim say this by Hamavir. Um, they say this by, by Hamavir in the morning. The Ashkenazim typically do not. The, uh, the Gemara, the Rambam, the Abu Ham, and most Sfaradi Sidurim will say Hamavir Chevle Shena. Uh, in the morning, but at night everybody says Hamapil Chevle Shena. Now the translation of Chevle is, I mean, you can you can give it about six translations. Some say it's the bonds, right, the Chavalim, like like ropes. Uh, some say it's the pains, like Chevle Leida. Some say it's Chevle like legions. Some say it's Chevle like country. I, I don't understand how you could translate it using country, but if you look at Rehuda ben Yakari, he has a whole bunch of different uh, methods that it was, that it was, um, that in different ways that you could translate it. Most surprisingly is, as we saw, of Sadia Gaon, who spells Chavle, not with a chet, but he spells it with a chaf. Chaf vez lamed yud. And uh, Chavle in, in uh, Kavle, really, would be in, in, uh, in, uh, in Hebrew, in Lashon Kodesh actually means fetters. So like the uh, those chains that they put on, on people's uh, legs or feet when feet when they when they imprison them, those are kavalim, <coughs> and that's the girsa of Rsadiagaon. Nobody else has that, but that's his version. Furthermore, a little bit more on the language. It says v'tin chalkenu b'toratecha. So one theory, as we said, is perhaps because it's a counterpart hamavir chavleshena in the morning. And you know, if you look here, we have many of those of those uh, ver- those languages in the morning. We have shetargileni b'toratecha, v'tadbikeni b'misvotecha, v'altiveni l'dechet. That's one reason it's there. The Tzlach says something very nice. He says that at night um, we're about to go to sleep and we're going to be mivatel Torah. We're not going to learn for seven. Uh, okay, that's five, four or five, six, seven, eight hours, however long you sleep. <clears throat> and the um, Slach says that the reason we say is that we're asking Hashem that he should discount this time and that he shouldn't consider it as if uh, we were mevatel Torah. We really wanted to be learning during this time, but we couldn't have the opportunity to learn during this time. And therefore, some say that there's sodot ha-Torah, there's secrets of the Torah that you can learn only in your sleep. 
and therefore we're praying that we should learn even in our sleep, which is an interesting uh, twist on it. Uh, the Moroccans have a minhag, even though this isn't in any of the early versions, to say this entire bracha in plural, just like by uh, by Hamaver Chavle Shina, they would say Hamapil Chavle Shina Aleinenu Utnuma Alafapenu, and um, <coughs> you know it's not it's not wrong. That's just the way. That's just the, the, their minhag. It doesn't actually change the meaning. So you know, there's there's no there's no right or wrong way. You can't argue that a person who does that is doing that so incorrectly. A, a more troublesome minhag is the, um, a more, sorry, one second. Okay, a more troublesome minhag is the Moroccan minhag not to say this bracha was shemu machut. In other words, they say, Baruch hamapil chevlei shena alenaitun mamefapai. So, this is a really curious one. <clears throat> one second, actually. So if you look, none of the Rishonim, <clears throat> none of the Rishonim, none of the poskim at all ever mention the possibility that one should say Hamapil Chavlei Shena without Shemu Malchut. That is not an option. It's not in uh, any of the poskim. There's ne- never a mention that this bracha should ever be said without Shemu Malchut. The first time you see it is in the Mikubalim, the later Mikubalim, like Rav Chaim Palaji and his Sefer Rachaim. You find it in Benishchai. They write that their personal minhag was not to say hamapil with, with, with the Shem Hashem. And the reason they say is because it's, it's brought in the earlier post scheme, like the Kolbo, etc., that, that when a person says hamapil, they should immediately go to sleep and not do any have sick. They shouldn't eat or drink. They shouldn't go do anything else. Hamapil is right before sleep. So they were afraid that if they did hamapil and they didn't immediately go to sleep, it would be some sort of have sick. Or perhaps they wouldn't fall asleep right away. It would take them a long time or they'd get interrupted by something and they were afraid of making it a bracha levatala. And therefore, therefore their minhag was to say it without shemu malchut. This was a much later addition. There's another smach on this that they bring that the, according to the Arizal, the Mekubalim hold that if a person says hamapil after chatzot halayla, Right, he's up late enough that he's saying hamapil after chatzot. He should not say hamapil at all, according to their Rizal. So it could be that combined with these two things, that first of all they were afraid of a brachalavatala, or they were afraid of saying it at all after chatzot, that the minhag became to to refrain from saying this bracha with shame and malchut. There is, it should be understood that although this is a popular minhag there is very weak halachic support for this because most of the Rishonim understand this bracha to be brachat hashvach, not in the sense that, not in the strict sense like Rav Sadia Gaon says that it's a bracha pi'ula. It's not just a bracha like the way you put on tefillin, you say the bracha v'mapil. This is, this is a bracha, on a, it's a hoda'a or a, a praise to Hashem for the gift to mankind, which is sleep. It's a, it's a praise to Hashem that He takes our soul from us and He returns it to us faithfully. And therefore, it's not a have sake if a person doesn't fall asleep right away, and that seems to be the general direction of the post scheme. So there's not much uh, halachic support for this minhag, and some might argue safek brachot lahakel, but there's no safek here. So personally, I, I don't really see the room to uh, not say shemul malchut. But again, this is a minhag and lar- and very post scheme who really know what they're talking about, like the Benishchai. Um, themselves refrain from saying it. So, 
I will not uh, dare argue. Furthermore, uh, I remember mentioning this last week. The Afei Lev, who was the 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 son of the of the Kafachaim, actually writes that he's not sure why does the he's like why does the Siddur Beit Oved um, put it in parentheses? Like why do they put Hashem Alkein Hashem Alkein Melachalam in parentheses? Everyone's supposed to say it with Shemul Malchut, and on this all. All the other his contemporaries ask on him like, "Are you serious? Like your father wrote in, in Sefer Ruachayim that he himself said it without shame of Malchut. So why are you surprised that the Sidur of Bit Oved um, puts it in parentheses? They put it in parentheses because of your father. So it's a very curious thing that the the his own son wasn't aware that his personal minhag was to not say it with uh, shame of Malchut." Again, it's a private thing, and if you just missed it, you missed it. So apparently, uh, the the nature of the Nusach of Hamapil has always been very difficult uh, to track. It's been something which is a private prayer, and it's not so easy to follow. Okay, so now we're done with the Brachav Hamapil. Fundamentally, uh, the idea of it is that it's a praise of Hashem. It's a praise that we have this gift of sleep. It's a praise that we're... It's it's a nighttime bracha that we that we're begging that we have a relationship with Hashem. We do we say a bracha about everything, you know. In Judaism, everything we do, we say a bracha. When we go to sleep, we say a bracha that Hashem is blessing us with sleep, that it impacts our health, that it should affect us, and we're praying that it should be a peaceful sleep and a protected sleep, and that you know when we wake up, we should be rejuvenated to further serve Hashem. And it's a very the language itself is very beautiful. That Hashem is is the one who illuminates. The entire world with his glory, and even in the nighttime, we are confident in that illumination. That itself is the bracha of Hamapil. If you move a little forward in virtually all Sidurim, there are many, 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 many more Pesukim to say. Uh, just in, in the here in the Sidur Beit Ovid, for example, Yavyasu, Hasidim Bechavo, Dormut Kabukanam, Hine, Mitatosha Shomo, Shishim Gorim Savivla. Then it starts, Yosheh Beseter Elyon, Betsel Shada, Shakai, Tlonan. It has the first nine Pesukim of that parak, And then you have Anamakoach, Lamnatseach, a ton of different things. So let's start with some of them, because some of them actually have a real backbone. For example, Yoshev Beseter. So Yoshev Beseter Elyon, saying that before you go to sleep. This is a famous uh, parak in Tilim, parak Tzadi Aleph, and the mikar for saying this before you go to sleep is actually a gemara. So the poskim, many of the poskim, the riff, uh, bring this lahalacha that when before a person goes to sleep, he actually has to say Yosheb there. They understand that gemara not just as a minhag, but they understand that gemara as being a uh, halacha. So let me just do, let's do that gemara together quickly. So we could familiarize ourselves with it. It's a Gemara on Shavuot of Tetvav Amud Bet. Here, let me just find it. The Mishnah says in Shavuot, let me find the Mishnah together. I think it's Tafyud Gimel Amud Bet or Yudalit Amalaf perhaps. Let's just find it. Yeah, Tafyud Dalit Amud Aleph. Here we go. Okay, so the Mishnah says in Shavuot that en, uh, en mosifin al ha'ir v'al ha'azarot ela b'melech v'navi Sorry if I'm not close enough. <coughs> v'urim v'tumim v'sanhedrin shal shivim v'echad 
So the Mishnah says that when they were going to add a section of Yerushalayim or a section of the Azara, for example, when Ezra HaSofer came back and he was Mekadesh the Mikdash again, you only add sections <clears throat> of the Beit HaMikdash, of the temple, or of the city of Yerushalayim with all of these things. You need a king. You need a prophet. You need the Urim Vetumim on, on the Kohen Gadol. You need the Sanhedrin of 71. You need two Todot, and you need the Shir. You need a sing song. Ubetin Malchin. And Vishtei Todot Achrayan, you need the Betin to walk with two Todot after them. Bechol Yisrael Achrayan, and the entire Jewish people after them. That's what the Mishnah says. Two blot later, the Gemara discusses what does that mean. The Gemara discusses what does it mean that they would sing song when they would do a dedication ceremony like this. So says the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanan, Shir Shel Toda, Bikinarot Ubinavalim Ubisalim, Al Kol Pinavi Pinava, Al Kol Evan Gidulashabushalayim. Right? On every high place they would have every instrument and they would sing this song. Omer and they would say, Arumimcha Hashem Kidilitani. They would say this parak of Tehilim, um, but in in uh, in uh, parak Lamed, uh, uh, this parak of Tehilim, yeah. and furthermore, Vishir shall pigaim, and the song of affliction or pangs or plagues, however you wanna, however you want to um, translate it. Rashi explains what is the Shir shall pigaim. It's Yosef beset there, as the Gemara itself is gonna go. Vish omim Shir shall nigaim, and amar nidna yiv dechti v'negalo yikrav be'alecha. Okay, so the Gemara is saying that at this ceremony, these were the, the things they would say. They would say the shir shall pigaim. Some call it the shir shall nigaim. But that is the parak of Yoshev Beseter. Why is it called the shir shall pigaim? I think Rashi here explains. Yeah, Yosheb Seir Leon, Lefishamru Moshe Bakamat Mishkan, the Tibe Rechota Moshe. Where is it? Mazikin Shepogin Bibne Adam Lahazik. This is a special psalm which is said to protect a person from demons or from any harmful spiritual force which could hurt him. That's the design of. That is the design of the. of this uh, shear. And according to the Gemara, the only psukim which had to be said are the first nine. For some reason, up until Kiata Shemachsi. And if you look at the Svaradi versions, they only do up until Kiata Shemachsi, just like the Gemara here. So now, who says you have to say it at night? The Gemara itself does. Rabbi Shua ben Levi Omer. Look a few lines further. Rabbi Shua ben Levi Amar Luhu Lahani Krai Vigani. He would say these psukim and then go to sleep. The Gemara says, okay, so he obviously he did that to protect himself. The Gemara says, hey, chiavid hachi, how is he allowed to do that? To heal yourself with Divrei Torah. So answers the Gemara, he's not healing himself. He was just doing it to protect himself. So the Gemara says that Yubishua ben Levi, one of the very prominent Amoraim, his minhag was to say this before going to sleep. And this is, again, brought in many of the poskim, that this is the halacha to say Yoshev b'seter al-yon until kiata Hashem machsi. If you look in the Kolbo, you'll see that the Minhag was already from a long time ago to say Vihi Noam first. So if you find the Ashkenazi Durim, they first say Vihi Noam Hashem Alkeinu Maser Den Kononeu, and then they say Yosheh Beseter Alyon. So funnily enough, they some in, the Kolbo brings that some had the Minhag to say the entire Yosheh Beseter, which is a much longer psalm, not just the first nine Pesukim. 
So that's the makar for this minhag. Clearly, this um, this psalm has a special power to destroy any evil forces or negative thoughts that might come upon a person before he goes to sleep. Why the first? Uh, why the first nine pesukim? What's special about them? So I believe it was the smag. No, the Budraham. He brings that we say the first sixty, the first nine pesukim, because that has sixty words, and sixty words is equal to the Birchat Kohanim. The Birchat Kohanim is a special Shmirah. We know this from a Gemara, right? It says that Sorry, I said Gemara, it's a Medrash, that these 60 mighty warriors around the bed of Shlomo are actually that he engraved the words of, of uh, Birkat Kohanim around his bed and they protected him at night. So we know that Birkat Kohanim, all 60 words, uh, letters, I'm sorry, of Birkat Kohanim, uh, are a protection, a special type of protection, and so we say the first 60 letters, the first 60 words of Yosheh B'Seter Elyon, that's what the Abu Dharam says. Now, another thing which is said, we're almost done here, is Baruch Hashem, uh, uh, how, let me look at it again here, because I rarely say this, what do we do? Where's the Ashkenaz one when you need it? Baruch Hashem Bayom, Baruch Hashem Balayla. Baruch Hashem b'shochveinu, Baruch Hashem b'kumenu, ki biadcha nafshot ha-chayim v'hameitim. You know what? I actually put this in the wrong order. I should say the other one first. Hashkivenu. We actually say Hashkivenu first. So many Sidurim, especially the Ashkenaz, will say Hashkivenu avinu l'shalom, v'hamidim al-keinu chayim tuli m'shalom. Basically the whole bracha, and then they will say, and then they won't end it with the chatima. So this all comes from the from the rush. The tour brings that his father would say this. Uh, most likely, the rush himself got it from the Marami Rottenberg, one of his uh, contemporaries and his rebbe, because the Tashbis brings that the Marami Rottenberg would say this at night. He would say this bracha as a nighttime prayer, Hashkivenu Avinu Shalom, to please lay me down for sleep. And these are the sources from the Rishonim to say it. And therefore, since we have a source to also to add this by night, it's a minhag. It's a beautiful thing. Many people, most of the Sidurim add it today. It is not strictly necessary, but this was the Minhag of the Rishonim. Therefore, it has a real important prominence. You will find Svaradi Sidurim, which put the Chatima there. They put the closing for that Bracha. I don't know if that's well-founded. I really do not know uh, if there's any... I'll have to search again, but I don't know if there's any good source for, for closing this with Shemu Malchut. Some of the Sidurim do it, but personally, I would very much refrain from... from Ending Hashkivenu with a Shemu Malchut. All right, and then after that, most of them say very similarly to the Baruch Hashem Laolam that you say, that Ashkan Azim say, <coughs> after Gaal Yisrael Bayarvit, Baruch Hashem Bayom, Baruch Hashem Balayla, Baruch Hashem Beshofenu, Baruch Hashem Bekumenu. This actually comes all the way back from the Sidur uh, of Amram Gaon. And in the Sidur of Avraham Gaon, he himself recommends saying this section. Exact, very similarly to the way it is in the Sidurim Biyatchav, Kiduruchi, Padita Oti, Hashem Kelamet, that whole section. So, we have no idea. Avraham Gaon does not actually say why to say it this way. He just writes it in there. He says this is what one should say, It's not clear if this Minahag preceded him or if he composed it. But this was clearly his minhag. So what we could say is that we, if you remember, we didn't when we were speaking about this section of Arvit, this whole part that Ashkenazim say Baruch Hashem Olam Amen Vamein, and they go on and they say Bracha. One of the theories we said 
was that originally Baruch Hashem Olam Amen Amen was written as a nighttime prayer. It wasn't written as a prayer for to interject after Ga'al Yisrael. So it's very likely that if this was a nighttime prayer, people used to say it simply before they went to bed. And so if Amram Ga'on might have had an earlier version of it, which was more simple, which was said before people to go to bed. It's, it's, like, it's possible that this, that this aligns with that theory, that it was originally a bedtime prayer. Not definite, because, again, there are so many versions of that prayer, and it's difficult to track something that was written in the time of the Savoraim. But uh, this is indeed a possibility. So the source of that is Rav Amram Gaon. It is, not to be, it is, is also a very well-sourced uh, uh, tefillah to say by Kriyat Shema and therefore, again, an A-plus in, in, the, in the edition book. This does not come from the Mikubalim. This is also sourced earlier. Then you have all the other psukim. So, you know, Mara Butzerai was already brought in, the, in this bara here, uh, right? Uh, I'm sorry, I skipped it here, but Mizmar le David Barachov and Pneav Shalom Benom Hashem Mara Butzerai Ad Hashem Lashem Yeshua. That was already brought in the Gemara. So, any Sidrim which say Mara Butzerai or they say Yosheb Beseter, that comes from the Gemara. But there's many more. If you look in the Sidrim, you'll have Anabakoach. Why do they say Anabakoach? The Mikubalim say because it's the Shemen Bet, and the Shemen Bet is for uh, raising up the Nisham, is, ra- is all Halaot, and if you're raising up your Nishama at night, you should you should say the sh- you should say Anabakoach because it's the Shemen Bet, and it's ha- uh, all Aliot go through the Shemen Bet. So you say Anabakoach, and for some Kabbalistic reason, you should repeat the, the, the Pasuk for that specific night. It's listed there in Shara Kavanot, all these prescriptions. We also have. God Gidud Yigudenu Lam Naseach Mizmor David Bavo Elav Natan Hanavi Kasher Ba El Batsheva. If you look in Ashkenazi Durim, you'll have the entire Birkat Kohanim. You have a Malach HaGoloti. You have Yirei Nenu V'Yismach Libenu. Again, that actually that Yirei Nenu most versions have because that's in many versions of Amram. And then you'll have Shir Malat Asher Kol Yirei Hashem Aholech B'Durachav. Then you have Rigzu Val Techet Tau V'Emu Bavalchem Al Mishkavchem V'Domu Sela. You'll have Adon Olam Hashem Malach. And then you'll have the first four prakim of Tilim. Literally four or five pages of stuff. There's no way we could go through all of that tonight because, uh, frankly, it's not a shir in Tehillim. But if you look at the Kafachaim and you look at the Mate Moshe, uh, they clearly, <coughs> they go through all of this. More so in the Mate Moshe. The Mate Moshe, he goes through all the minhagim for what to say at Kriyat Shema Al-Mitah. Anybody who wrote a contemporary work on Kriyat Shema Al-Mitah quotes him extensively because he explains every single pasuk, every single minhag, why we say the four prakim of the first four prakim of tilim. Why would we say v'recha Hashem v'shmerecha? Why would we say rigzuval techetau? If you're curious as to why every one of those shir hamalos are said, or every single one of those things was chosen, your source is the Matei Moshetz. Uh, he he goes through all the kabbalistic reasons for everything. He has certain suggestions, but again, these are all recent things added by uh, kabbalistic sources. They're not strictly necessary. Uh, halachically to do. Uh, finally, Adon Olam, I should just mention, um, those the theory is that Adon Olam, we don't know who wrote it. It's a it's a piyut, but the theory is that um, Adon Olam was written as a nighttime poem. We don't know who wrote Adon Olam till today, but one of the th- it, it first appeared in a manuscript in like the 14th century. Uh, if you look back at our shear, we have a shear called uh, Popular Morning Editions. There is, uh, there is, uh, we we did some um, some work on that. But 
I don't know, we don't know who wrote it, but the suspicion is that it was a nighttime prayer, it was one to be said before bed, because it ends biyad chav kidruchi. Therefore, they stupped it in, they put it there along with hamalach ha-go'aloti, mikora, uh, at kriyat shemalamita as well. Vidoy, we, we mentioned last week, I'll just mention it again. There's about three Zohars which speak about saying Vidoy at night, so all the Mekubalim speak very highly of saying Vidoy at night. The idea is that before we go to sleep, um, it's almost as if it's a moment prior to death. And because a sleep is the 60th of death, therefore it's appropriate for us to do Teshuvah before we go to sleep because we're experiencing a, a, a modicum of death and therefore a person to say vidui before he's handing over his neshamat to shamayim, just in case he's about to die, it's appropriate to do teshuvah before a person uh, goes to sleep. So that's why the vidui is in the sidurim. Uh, some of the mikubalim suggest doing it standing, because by a vidui you're supposed to do it standing. But that was the fastest I could get through all of this. <laughs> all right, Baruch Hashem, we just finished. Um, if anyone has any more questions, uh, please reach out to me, because there's a lot and a lot of things here said um, by... Uh, by Kriyat Shema Mita. Most of them are much later insertions by the Mekubalim. If anyone's curious, the Sefer Mate Moshe goes through all of them. The Sidur Yavetz goes through many of them. All of these are optional. If someone is lucky enough to have the time at night to go through four or five pages of the Sidur, it's very beautiful, very lucky. Most people, I'm not sure if they do. I don't I don't know. I know I don't. But that's what this is what exists in the Sidurim. Um, I should mention uh, next week we won't be able to have a shear. I'm not going to be actually. I'm not going to be in New York, so Bezat Hashem will continue in uh, two weeks. And um, thank you very much for coming and sitting through all of these uh, many, many different. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Pisukim.